0: Uh, That was a lot, that was a lot, I I get that, I don't know, some of our staff just use lots and lots of words, I don't, I'm trying to teach them not to, but they don't listen to me, that's a joke, Um, but I do got the timer, we're running, so 40 minutes, you ready, we're going to get going right now, Um, one last thing about that announcement, so this, this Thursday night, 8 o'clock, you can tune in at uh, clcfamily.com. church click live you can watch it there at 8 p.m or on Facebook if you're on Facebook we'll be streaming it there or if you can't do it live at 8 anytime later you can actually tune in to clcfamily.church forward slash vision and you'll get to hear all about all these things so indoor at 9 an outdoor service at 10 uh, 11 uh, weather permitting so we'll bring out the big show mobile we'll have a service outside and then again at 5 but again check it out this Thursday or clcfamily.church forward slash Easter, will give you all the information if you want to get a jump start on that. So if you're brand new with us, uh, we've, uh, we're in week two of a series called Sense. You'll see some graphics, you'll see some stuff below my feet uh, as we talk, but it's actually a sub-series of a really long series that I think we're like in week 30-something, right? And that series, is we've just been literally opening up the scriptures and walking through them week after week after week and what we've been walking through is a series on the gospel of luke gospel just means good news luke just means he's the writer so literally this is a biographer about Jesus' life now we would say luke wrote it inspired by the holy spirit himself and and so with a little bit of background about luke luke was a physician a doctor right he uh understood science was educated and something crazy happens a guy named theophilus this rich, what we believe is a Roman official, so high up, lots of affluence, lots of influence. This guy hires this guy to co research about this guy, okay? So Theophilus has affluence, is curious because he's having to say something week in, week out, out of his mouth. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, caesar is lord but he knows caesar and he's not sure caesar's actually lord in fact he's confident caesar is not lord but in order for him to keep getting his paycheck and keep living his lifestyle he has this responsibility to day in day out you know honor the king worship the king declare the king as lord as boss as divine right and so he goes i don't know if i should do that anymore and yet 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 he's thinking if i start talking about this guy as lord it changes everything in my life, right? I mean, I probably don't get to keep my job. There are some real ramifications for taking my focus off the Roman Empire and putting on the kingdom of God. And so, really, really neat. He hires Luke to go and study. And what we believe is Luke spent at least a couple of years if not a decade, these are real people, right, studying about Jesus to figure out if, whether or not he can call him Lord. And what we've been talking about, the really neat things about the scriptures, they're both timeless and timely, meaning uh, they were timely. When Luke finished up his thesis, his his biography of Jesus' life, it was Timely. Theophilus needed to understand these things and know these things, and God wanted Theophilus to. But it was also timeless, meaning as Luke is writing this, he, he would have went and got all the eyewitness accounts. I mean, he probably met with Jesus' mother. He met with the shepherds. He met with the disciples and followers. And what's so crazy is Luke actually writes this gospel about Jesus' life. He becomes so intrigued by it. He actually writes a sequel called the book of Acts, meaning Now I need to tell everybody about what happened in the first century. And something even crazier happens as he's writing this. He's using, you know, they went, they uh, performed, and talking about the people. then about two-thirds of the way through, something crazy happens in the book of Acts. He starts saying, we, we. He gets in on this mission. And so what he tells us real early on is he went and listened to all the oral accounts, meaning all the local pastors or rabbis. He went and read all the documents. That would have been other biographies about Jesus, like Matthew and Mark about Jesus' life. He would have read all like the, the Greek and Roman and Hebrew deeds. He would have read all that stuff, and he would have gone and sat down and listened to all the eyewitness accounts. And he tells us something real early on, like the first few verses of his gospel. He greets Theophilus, and then he says, I write these things. Hear me, hear me. That you may have certainty about the things that you've been taught. And So we started kind of working through this back in June and July, because the reality is we don't have much certainty right now. Our life is complicated. All of you are ready for a new normal. In fact, what you, many of you have kind of concluded is we don't know when we're going to get back to whatever normal was. In fact, many of us have concluded maybe we never get back to whatever normal was. And so now all of a we're just trying to live our life in the middle of this chaos. And so we kind of decided back in the summer's going, well, in the middle of anxious moments, middle of places of worry and fear, the best thing we can do is we can cling to what is certain. If we're to cling what's certain. Maybe we can go back to the scriptures because Luke says he's going to give us some certainty about the things that have been taught. And so, what is he talking about, the things that have been taught? He's talking about all the words about Jesus' life, all the words about Jesus' death, all the words about Jesus' resurrection, meaning he is God in the flesh. Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is, and he proved it, right? So, Luke would have gone and, and interviewed all these people, he would have gone and interviewed the people who walk with Jesus. He would have interviewed the people who were with Jesus when He was put on a Roman cross and crucified, murdered. He would have been with the people and interviewed the people who were with Jesus when He got put in a tomb. Oh, He would have been with the people and interviewed the people who were with Jesus or with, at Jesus' tomb the few days after on Sunday morning when that tomb was empty. He would have been with the people and interviewed the people. Who would have walked with Jesus for forty days post death and resurrection? So he's capturing all these things for Theophilus and for us, so that we can all have certainty. And so, one of the really neat things is when you think about the biographies, particularly if you're uh, new to the faith or not real sure. Almost all of us think kind of all of Luke's writings would have been about just believe in Jesus as Lord, right? That. That you're a sinner God came to die for you Jesus did if you pray the prayer you get into heaven amen high five but what's interesting is as Luke is interviewing people and capturing the story there's another theme that actually shows up there's actually something that Jesus talked about a lot more than salvation by the way a lot more than sin or money or sexuality or whatever else is there's one kind of theme that's kind of captured in the whole book of Luke, and by the way, the other gospels as well, and it's this: what Jesus actually came to teach about. Luke says, "I write these things so you can have certainty of the things that you taught." This is what he actually came to teach about: the kingdom of God. In other words, hey, there's this way that we live. Hey, Theophilus, you live in the, this earthly kingdom where you think you got to please the Caesar, but there's a whole new kingdom there's a whole new way and Jesus actually came to establish that kingdom you know hey the office you know when you cry or when you're sad you know why you're sad you thought about it because it's your body telling you that this isn't the way it's supposed to be you know that pain that you feel and sorrow you feel you know that emptiness you're trying to fill that void with the bottle the pill whatever it is right you know why that's there Because it's your body literally telling you that this is not the way it's supposed to be. And this guy um, from Europe or the UK, last name Chesterton, wrote a long time ago. He says, every time a man knocks on the door of a brothel, he's actually knocking on the door trying to find God. He just doesn't know it. And so Jesus comes to say, hey, there's this new kingdom that's established. And so Luke, so graciously starts to tell us about this kingdom which leads us to a really really important thing okay if jesus came to establish a new kingdom how do you and i get in on it right if there really is this eternal kingdom that doesn't happen when i die that can be established now that jesus came to come and establish and we you and i get to be in it now well how in the world do you do that and what we saw last several weeks is that the faith faith believing even when your senses tell you otherwise Obeying even when you have doubts. Faith is the key to the kingdom of God. And then finally last week we kind of saw this picture and it's so, so crazy. You know what initiates faith? The way by which faith in all of our lives is initiated in the same way. It starts with Jesus, but there's a specific way that it gets initiated. What the scriptures tell us is faith comes from hearing. And hearing comes from the word of Christ. So this is so profound and so awkward for me. That literally right now, the way by which we hear and listen to this could very well initiate your faith that is the key to entering. Now, not in eternity, right? You'll get there too. The kingdom of God. And it feels really weird as the preacher going, you better listen. You're supposed to listen for the next hour and a half or however long I talk, right? Because it's like, ah, that seems so strange because now I'm giving you an argument why you should listen. I'm just going, no, please, please, please. The reason I want you to listen is because we're going to open up God's word. What the scriptures tell us is faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. And so what we learned last week, and then we'll jump into the scriptures, is uh, the way that it works is this, the way that it all happens, right? We're talking about, uh, first, 1st we we're talking about the kingdom of God. What it says in the scriptures is we hear about it. So that's going to happen again today. Oh, sorry about that. We're still going to hear about it. See you. Stay up there. There you go kind of dry in here so i don't get a lot of friction and static so you hear about it you know what's crazy is after you hear about it there's this response for us and here's what it is then you got to think about it got it think about it there we go hear about it then think about it now in the scriptures says what jesus tells us what john the baptist tells us when he came to establish his kingdom he says repent for the kingdom of god is near now when we talk about repentance what you think is "Oh, i got to change my behavior it's eventually But literally, the word repent means to change the way you think. So you hear something about it. And I certainly hope you hear it today. And then you start to think about it. Is that true? Is there really another kingdom? Ah, is that true? Is that really why I have tears? Is that why I'm sad? Is that why I'm looking for that thing there, even though I know that thing won't be the thing that satisfies me? Is is that why you think about it? No. This is where it gets really, really strange. Some ways it sounds a little bit like psychobabble, right? After you hear about it and think about it, your next response, ah, it's so strange, so strange. As you speak about it, there is something about this. The things you speak about in your life, when you get up in the morning, the things you start to speak about are the things. You ready for this? That you eventually bring about. And at first glance, is gone. That's really weird. See, is this one of those, you know, self-help seminars? Yeah. You know, I'm beautiful, I'm accepted, I'm lovely, just like, I am. is that But it says? No, 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 it's not those things at all. It's going, when you look through the scriptures, it initiates with this understanding that you hear it first, and then you start to process it. As you process it, then you start to speak about it, right? And this is what I told you last week, and we'll continue to remind you, that old adage that we say, top five lies ever, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a life in the pits of hell. And the reason I know this and the reason you know this is imprinted on your heart is something a coach or a teacher or an ex or a parent said to you. You're lazy. You're fat. You'll never amount to nothing. Whatever that is, and so much of what drives us to this day is those words. So we know there's something powerful about words. The scriptures actually say there's actually the power of life and death in the tongue. You know this. If you're dreaming about some big dream, you know the wow scene of "I can't. this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And someone in your life really doesn't like the wow they like the how right and so you're dreaming about it and in and like an instance you know someone who loves you well more practical you know uh will say i more realistic not idealistic will just say well that's never going to work and you know that moment it's like oh okay fine right there's just something about words and there's a reason that that's the way because <laughs> it's just so crazy so so crazy when you think about all this got initiated thousands of years ago just think about how it got initiated god spoke the world into existence he literally not only spoke it he gave it permission let there be light so first we hear about it then we have to think about it then we start to speak about it speak about it and then we start to bring about it i read to you a little bit from romans before i got started in luke Uh, last week, this idea that faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of Christ. I just want to read to you the preceding verses from what I opened up with last week. So this is Romans, written by a guy named Saul who becomes Paul, who hears God's word and first thing God says to him is, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you living in this world that is defiant to the kingdom of God? And then, literally, this guy, he hears from God. This is post-death, post-resurrection, even post-ascension, after Jesus goes back to be with his father. Saul hears this, and he has this deep, deep in an instant, couple days transformation, where he comes goes from enemy number one to uh, uh, orator number one about the kingdom. And so Paul writes lots of letters to a lot of people, and one of the letters he writes is to the Romans. They're an affluent place, have lots of comfort, have lots of things. They're not like a third world country. They have food, they have education, they have all those things. Right? In many ways, they don't really need the gospel or Jesus to show up because they got food in their pantry, clothes in their closet. Know anybody like that? And so Paul writes this letter to kind of shake them up and go, hey, you've got to think about this. And, and, and in Romans chapter 1, he, I mean, he hits the gate running. He's calling out our brokenness and our flaws and all the different ways we've tried to fill those voids in our life. And he gets to Romans chapter 10, and he explains some stuff to us. In Romans chapter 10, the 8th verse says this, and we'll read just 13 verses real quick, or just 5, 6 verses real quick. But what does it say? What does it say? What does the scripture say? What does God say? What are you hearing? And Israel says, the word is near you. You've heard it, you heard it, you see it, hear it, Now you got to think about it. It's so near. What, what you've got to understand, this moment, this detonation button, this ignition switch. Oh, it's so near. The word is near you. Watch this. In your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim, oh, you're so close, you've heard about it, you're thinking about it, oh, it's about to come out, like, it, you're so close, right, and this is what he says, because, 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 if you confess, speak about it with your mouth, what? That Jesus is Lord, it's his kingdom, now, Theophilus is no longer the Roman kingdom, but Jesus is Lord, if you, you actually be- confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved meaning you will enter into the kingdom of god you'll start living into the kingdom of god for watch this with the heart one believes and is justified they hear it and they think about it now watch this and with the mouth one confesses and saves so you see this there's some kind of connection between what's going on in our heart because we've heard and thought about it and what we say there's some work we all got to do after we hear to think about it and what's really neat is jesus last week in teaching on this he he taught in parables or analogies because uh, it's hard for us to take like direct Uh, direct constructive criticism so jesus kind of offers a way that we can kind of see ourselves in the story and he talks about the different people who have a hard time hearing god's word and responding to it and he tells us a a story about seed that doesn't sprout well because it's in the wrong type of soil and he reminds us of different types of soils and he's going no no that's you what he's talking about is your heart we saw three different types of people last week we saw those with hard hearts right? That, that this land, this, this, this news, Jesus loves you and has a plan for you, and you're like, yeah, I'm not so sure because science. I'm not so sure because there's bad in the world, right? That our intellect kind of keeps us from leaning all the way in. And he says there's some people that hear this, like you're, we're hearing right now, like you're hearing online right now, like you're hearing in the parking lot right now. You hear it, and you go, no, nah, no, nah, just discount it, right? And he says there's some with a hard heart that the seed never makes it. Then he talks about another group that's like a shallow heart, and he goes, here's the thing. Some of you actually hear this, and you go, yep, I believe it. You raise your hand. You pray the prayer. You sign up for the class, whatever it is you've done in your life. But then life happened, and bad things happened, And you go, see, I I just can't buy into that God because he didn't fix my marriage, fix my finances, right? And what we learned last week is those with a shallow heart, what really happened is we invited Jesus into our kingdom not took the invitation to enter into his kingdom so some we believed and then when it got hard we walked away and for most of us those of us who are christians in the room uh he talks about one other category and i think this is one for a lot of us and it's this those with the divided heart you see you really want to believe this you really really want to trust this you really really want to do those things and yet at the same time right the issues of this world the complications right the pleasures even or you're not sure whether you should trust jesus or the way that you've been told that you should trust your self-reliance you're not sure if you should trust jesus or your hard work or your grit or you know the the food in your pantry and so we just are torn playing the hokey pokey every sunday we put our heart and Uh, feed in and and then we middle of the week we take it out and shake it all about you know we do the hokey pokey uh, whatever however that works right so we have these divided hearts and so the question is which a lot of us if we have a divided heart how do we make it whole again and oh so gracious of jesus so gracious of jesus because the very next words are going to be really really helpful so we're going to figure out how not to have a divided heart a whole heart by the way that's where the word integrity comes from it just comes from the word integer the word integer just means a whole number instead of fractions right that means to have integrity means to have you know we talk about being the same wherever you are in the darkness and the light but it just means to have a whole heart so how do we do that really really important going to be the thing that's going to help shape that this entire week is this thought next couple weeks is this you see we have it backwards particularly those of us who um, have grown up in a culture that really really celebrates hard work right really really celebrates that if you can you can achieve anything you put your mind to that what we think a lot of us is this that it's actually our activity right our activity activity I'm going to put divided heart up here real quick oh i'm making a mess here there you go it's our activity right right that determines our identity your activity hey where do you work how much money's in your bank how many things have you done let's see your resume Where, where have you traveled right it's our activity all the things that we've done that determines who we are right think about even your conversations with strangers what do you talk about in terms of establish your identity. It's the things you've done. The people that you're parenting. All those kind of things. Is our activity determines our identity. And what we're going to see in order not to have a divided heart. These actually have to be switched. First, it's your identity. It's who God says you are. It's what God has done for you. It's God's activity in your life that determines your identity. And as your identity is determined... Now, all of a sudden, the way you behave in the kingdom isn't to earn God's favor or salvation because that doesn't work, right? You are not good enough to earn god's love if it's based on your performance my performance we're all in big trouble that's the beauty of the gospel it's grace upon grace it's god's gift right even though i'm a broken sinner god loved me he calls me by name identity right holding these little girls and going no 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 no, they haven't even done anything yet right they're still using the bathroom in their pants but their identity they are children of god right that there we hope certainly determines their activity. So Jesus is going, you don't want a divided heart. Here's how you get that. And so let me just read to you really, really neat. These are the very next words from Jesus' mouth. We left off at the end of the parable and he is just continuing. Still the quotations. There are 1,151 verses in the Gospel of Luke and 568 of them are direct quotations of Jesus. This is one of the 568. Watch what it says. Verse 16. Luke chapter 8, verse 16. No one... After lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar and puts it under a bed, okay? But puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see light. Wait, I'm so confused. He is just talking about soil and seed. And he was explaining our hearts. And the next thing he talks about is light. What? So what's he doing here? What's he doing? Lots of things, by the way. Jesus is very nuanced in his teaching. It's brilliant. So what do we know about light? What's the purpose of light? It's to illuminate things still illuminate things that's the whole purpose of light now light is where we get you know for us all the energy in the entire world every single bit of it all all start with the sun right all starts there everything every bit of energy all is coming in some way shape or form from the sun right and so he's going this is where life is light is where life is and so there's three things kind of to think about right and so you go okay what is he trying to talk about what's the purpose and first one he's saying is if you get light you don't cover it up why because you literally just got life handed to you and you just wasted it right think about it the whole purpose of like in the morning the light shines through the the windows and it's supposed to wake you up right it's waking you up and he's going look if you're just going to keep the blackout shutters in your room all the time the curtains closed, like you're just going to live in darkness and it's going to stay covered so Jesus is going look I just talked about these different types of hearts and something's going on you hear this and your response isn't just go no 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 don't discount it no 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 don't cover it up because when light comes in when something starts when you hear about it and you start to think about it don't go no no that's silly that can't be the case it seems so weird it seems so mystical whatever it is he's going no no, no. when you get light at that moment when light shines in light shines in your goal is not to cover it up there's this um really great uh song by leonard cohen he's the one who wrote hallelujah there's better versions than his but one of the songs he wrote was called anthem or no, and, and there's something that says ring the bell ring the bell for all to hear but it says something in it that's so brilliant he says there's there's cracks there's cracks there's cracks in everything but that's how the light gets in it's just so, so weird. We spend all of our time trying to, you know, patch the holes of all our broken things. Go, no, 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 no. There's cracks, there's cracks, there's cracks in everything. But that's how the light gets in. Think about the the life that springs up out of your driveway. How in the world does it happen? There's just a little bitty crack and in what initiates that light. So when light comes in, you don't cover it up, right? You allow it to illuminate. You know, it's so interesting because the reason we cover it up is because we don't like our life illuminated. We don't like thinking about our divided heart because some things would have to change, right? Theophilus, hey, there's this thing like, you're not going to say Caesar is Lord. Oh, but saying Caesar is Lord gets me a really good paycheck, right? And so there's this, this fear that all these things we cling to for comfort are going to have to change, so we shut it down, right? Because we are afraid that the light kind of shines some things. So um, my family was a messy family, okay, just part of it. And one of the biggest anxieties of our life, from as little as I remember, growing up was when someone called and said they were coming over unannounced. So what do we do? We are stuffing things underneath the couches and we're sprinting to try to clean them up, throwing everything in the sink, making sure the door's locked. And and then when they come, you know what kind of light we use? Low mood lighting, right? The lamp lighting. Not the overhead lights, the lamp lights, because we... Did not want that our house to be illuminated. Right when I was a, a senior in high school, we we lived in this really old house in in Georgia, really really beautiful old brick house. But um, in Georgia, roaches are really really bad, and not just the little ones, the big ones, real real bad. And uh, they typically loved old homes, and we could not get them out. And I have some experience. This is so broken anyway. I won't I won't, won't discuss you with it. But I can remember, uh, they're going, hey, Josh, your house is really cool. It's got the mantle. Let's go have pictures at your house, right? So me and my buddies, our dates, they're all there, and we're standing in the living room. And I can remember, like, it's like, we've got to keep the, the lights low because there's bugs, so no one sees it. And I can remember, like, standing up and taking pictures, and I could see on the roof, like, on the ceiling, these big, big bugs, coming at us and I'm like I'm just crawling over there and I remember having so much anxiety and spending all sorts of time trying to distract them I'm like hey I love your shoes those are cool right where'd you get those shoes hey Josh they're the same rental tuck shoes that you have right but yours are more shiny right this this energy going to try to distract people from seeing the mess in our house because it just embarrassed me right so what do you do you keep real low lights and you don't let people come in unannounced right so you just live in this angst and jesus going hey if you have this illumination your first response is just to cover it up just to stick it underneath the bed but now it's not serving its purpose no one can see Right, and so that energy you and I spend because we got this wrong, is our activity, how clean I am, how well my life's put together, how organized my life is, somehow determines my identity. I had so much angst because if my friend saw the bug, that means our family and their activity is dirty, and therefore I am a broken, dirty person. So I have all this angst, and Jesus is going, hey, just pause for a second, here, hear, here. And please, please, please don't cover it up. Just for a second, would you consider whether or not it's true? So the first thing is, hey, just... He doesn't want this moment for you and i if this is the first moment of just hearing this just to be wasted like just don't don't just jump to a conclusion don't just write it off don't just cover it up right because the purpose of light is to illuminate but here's the other thing you see in this the purpose of light in a house isn't actually for you because you know your way around who's it for the people that don't know their way around same thing last week we saw that these folks who allowed the seed to grow there's fruit but who's the fruit for in a tree it's not for the tree it's for those who come in contact so jesus is going look there's something about living in the kingdom of god when light shines literally he uses the analogy let your light shine before men so that others can what see your good work and glorify your father in heaven in other words your activity there is not for people to go oh josh you're so great your activity is to bring glory to your father you hear that let your light so shine before me and that people see your good work and glorify what your father what does that mean your identity is rooted in god right therefore your activity is about god and so it's just saying hey don't no one when they get light just sticks it under their bed so we just have to be honest there of What is it that we're trying to hide? And here's what's interesting. I was thinking about this. There's three different people I think we all try to hide from, particularly in this divided heart. The first one's ourselves, which is what we're most good at, is hiding from ourselves. Right? Like, I mean, we're really good at justifying our actions, telling ourselves why that's okay, whatever it is. So ourselves. those are the easiest. Second one is other people. Just to be honest with you, when you make up those excuses of why you're late or why that happened or why you did that thing or didn't do that thing for the most part people are seeing right through you on them here's how I know that because you know when other people do it we're just nice to each other and we should be but the reality is when you're saying all these things and trying to make up the and, and explain all of it away when other people do that to you you're pretty smart so it's interesting you can you can observe that and have discernment for other people, but somehow it's really hard for ourselves. So the easiest people to hide from is ourselves. Then the second category is other people. We don't want them to be in our life, right? But the third one, a lot of us hide from this, and this is where it gets silly. So we really do want to hide from God. This is really interesting because God, I told you, spoke the world into existence. So it's not like we can actually hide from him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is going, hey, you're going to hear these words, and there's going to be this seed that's going to try to get into that soil, and you're going to do whatever you can to keep it out, because you're really, really afraid that if it gets in there, right? If roots start to grow, that means the sidewalks are being lifted up right and so that's going to be real real concerning for you and by the way there's an enemy who doesn't want you to see or think those things so he's going to remind you of all the reasons why that seed doesn't deserve to grow there why you don't deserve the light and so here's what jesus says next hey here's a light and then he says this for nothing that means i mean I, I researched the greek word it means exactly what it is nothing for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest you know what a manifest is like a a, a ship manifest uh, it is literally the disclosure of everything that's on the ship, right? The manifest on a plane, a disclosure of all the people on the plane. And so he's going, for there is nothing that is hidden that will not be made known and disclosed. Hear me. This isn't to scare you. This isn't aha, you're going to get caught. This is this this is just a waste of time and energy as you respond because there's nothing that is hidden that will not be made known, right? Not not be made manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light so he's going hey you're, you're going to hear these words and you're going to think about it and you're going to spend a lot of time trying to explain them away well what if this isn't true jesus said he loves me he has a plan for me but what if he's not real what does that mean for my life what does that mean i don't want to get your hopes up and get let down but boy have we had that happen in our life so there's all these anxieties He's going hey, hey instead of just trying to shut it down instead of just trying to put a lid on the light for just a second would you let the light in no no, i can't let the light in because then all of us illuminated. yeah do you know how do you think the light got there right there's cracks there's cracks and everything that's how the light gets in. So it initiates with jesus this thing you hear about it and starts to invade our heart and we gotta go are we gonna let it get all the way down in there where these roots grow and you know what happens when roots get powerful right i just alluded to it sidewalks move the things around it all the weeds die because the roots are receiving all the nutrients and water and drowning everything that's out and it's just it's growing. It's going, hey, instead of just shutting this down, could you hear it and consider it? And then he says this. Immediately moving from that he says this. Take care then how you hear for to the one who has more will be given and for the one who has not even what he thinks that he has will be taken away what what is he just talked about faith and saying faith comes from hearing and talking about fruit and all of a sudden he goes to another move and it's like whoa i thought you were talking about trees and seeds and fruit now you're talking about light and bedrooms and now you're talking about hearing this is all the same passage he's going there's something really 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 important about how you hear because how you hear and how you let this in, how you let this in determines how your heart grows and the roots grow and how you experience the kingdom. Let me just be honest with you. Many of you, right now, this is just for the Christians. If you're not a Christian in the room, this is really, really fun for you. You can watch the rest of the squirm, okay? Many of you are going, I just want to hear from God. I just want to hear from God. God, would you speak? And I would just offer this. What'd you do the last time he spoke? like when you opened up god's word right and it, you just had this thing come and land on your heart what did you do with it you go no 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 that's not the case no no i can't do that no no god i'm not capable no no they'll make fun no no whatever it is right and literally it's saying here take care then how you hear for the one who has who hears these things and re- thinks about them and speaks about them guess what happens for those people more will be given Right, I used to be really skeptical of people who were like, hey, I heard from God, this is what God said, all those kind of things. It's like, and I would say something like this, often actually. That's really great that God told you that for me, but hey, would you just tell him to tell that to me? Right, instead of like using you to tell me, that makes me a little uncomfortable, would you just tell him to just talk directly to me? Right, there's something about this, but when you read the scripture, it's going, well, there are some people probably who have better ears to hear God and guess how you grow your strength in that. Take care of how you hear for the one who has. In other words, the ones right now who hear this, think about it and allow it to invade their heart. More will be given to them. More insight, more revelation, more understanding, more courage, more faith. It starts with hearing the one who gets it. The one who doesn't cover it up, the one who is open to this, more will be given. And the one who just puts the cover on the light. You know what happens when you put a cover on a candle. It suffocates. So the one who covers it up, of course they're not going to get more illumination. Of course they're not going to be able to sustain the light because it can't be sustained in something that suffocates it. The one who allows the roots not to grow because they stay in the shallow. Of course it won't grow because it got suffocated. Even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So there's something really, really important here about how you think. What you think about God. Let's go crazy. Last few minutes. He's literally, something else is about to happen. So this is crazy. He's just talking about fruit, just talking about roots, talking about all sorts of soils and hearts, and then he transitions to this moment on light. And then all of a sudden it seems like a completely different story, but it's not. So just pay attention. is so, so good. This is uh, verse 19. Next verse. Then his mother and his brothers. Okay, really, really important here. That means his mom had kids. So there's some different kind of doctrines that say she stayed a virgin her whole life and all those kind of things. She actually birthed some more children, right? And so Jesus has some little brothers. By the way, this is what gets so crazy is this is one of the greatest arguments for the resurrected Jesus being Lord. These brothers we're talking about here, they worshiped him. How many, how many of you want to worship your brother, Right? How many of your siblings would go, yeah, but I think he's Lord. Something happened post-death and resurrection. And there's some, there's some suspicion going on. We see it in the other, other gospel accounts. That there's some real suspicion going on for the brothers going, I'm not sure. And this word brothers literally um, is all encompassing, right? So it's like the Spanish language where uh, like ninos can mean all the, all the kids, right? I think that's how that works. I think ninos is the right word there. So when it says brothers, this could be brothers and sisters, right? All the family, the brothers and the sisters, um, so, and this is what it says, all the family came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. I don't know if you've been in crowds like that. 1996, I was at the Olympics in Atlanta. Uh, actually, when the bombs went off in Centennial Park, we had just left there, and there's this subway called Marta in Atlanta. And I remember not even being able to get off or on the, on the, on the subway because of the crowds. And finally we got on, and we had to stay on forever because we could not. And these are little bitty subcars we could not get through. I mean, it was that crowded, and so... Jesus has this massive following of people. Some of them believe in him, a lot of them not. And his own family, his own mom, who birthed him as a teenager in this supernatural moment, right? His own family can't get to him. And you would think Jesus would go, hey, move. I mean, he can part waters, right? He did it in the Old Testament. He can do those things. He can make the family come. So it says they tried to get to him. In verse 20, it says this. And he was told, your mothers and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you jesus is compassionate i want you to see this last verse we'll read before we wrap up but he answered them my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of god and do it what is he Does he not like his family anymore like at first glance doesn't this seem really really rude like really really rude of going how dare him like like his mom the one who birthed him and got shunned for it by the way the one who you know who who always believed in him always fought for him right i mean she only lost him once for about a week it's okay right go back to when he was a you know an adolescent that mom he just goes turns his back and goes nope, nope, nope. right and it feels like that it feels like they're shunned right is he shunning them this isn't for them I want you to hear this. This message right there was not for the mom and brothers. They're somewhere else and can't hear. So who's the message for? But he answered them, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. The message was for all those around him who could hear him at that moment. What is he saying to them? My family. As those of you who have heard this and responded. See what he's doing here? he's going, no, 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 there's going to be this whole life where you're going to try to have your activity perform and do all those things that somehow people will, will be impressed with. They'll want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. What happens when you hear about it and you think about it, what should be the first thing is that all of a sudden you go, if I hear Jesus, which is what you're doing right now, guess what that means is possible for you? You get to be in his family, and this is amazing, right? I tell you this all the time, right? This means you become children of God. The son of man, or the son of, like, the son of God, Jesus himself, became a son of man, that's talking about his humanity, so that sons and daughters of man, that's you and I, can become sons and daughters of God, meaning there's something in this that this means. You can be rooted in your identity, can be in Jesus. You can be in his Family. Got it? You can be in his family. This is so, so important because, uh, you know, one of the things I tell you over and over again is, you know the only person who can wake up a king in the middle of the night and ask him to wipe his bottom is the king's two-year-old son or daughter. Right? You get this. Like, no one else can ever bug the king of the kingdom except for the baby except for the child can come in and have access and talk and make requests right and the king if he's a good king welcomes them and loves them and nurtures them the only one who gets that kind of access to the king are sons and daughters of the king and so jesus saying here is look you want to know what this is like you think i have just this, this familial family right those like my mom and my cousins and my brothers and sisters No, no no that's not how it works you can be in my family Just two things. One, hear about it. Those who hear me. And then, as a result of hearing about it and thinking about it and considering it, now go and do it. You see it? First identity. Then activity. First identity. First is understanding that the God of the universe made himself available to you. And you know that family, for the most part, comes through blood. Except through what? Adoption. Except through adoption, that's why the church has to be passionate about foster care and adoption, right? Because it is a picture of what God does, and I tell you this all the time. It's such a crazy story. Our youngest is adopted, Sophie, and it was—it took like, I mean, it took some work, home studies, and all that stuff. But the moment that she became our daughter's, when we walked in the judge's chambers, he kind of flipped through the home study, looked at the background checks, and made sure our signatures were there. Picked up a pen, signed it, and said, "Congratulations, she's yours." And none of us questioned it. Because some blue ink on a paper. Now, if that can confirm adoption in my family, it would make sense that Jesus writing his name over our hearts with his own blood could definitely welcome us into his family. So it's identity who understands this. And then it's activity and then response. So let me remind you as we wrap up what we started with in Romans 10 8 and 9. Here's what it says. But what does it say? This word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we what? You hear it? Proclaim. You hear it. It's near you. You're understanding it. And you proclaim it. So how do you initiate the kingdom of God? Hear about it and do it. What is it that God wants you and I to do today? Verse 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You hear this? hear this? You want to get it on the family? You will be saved. So what's going to happen, I just want you to hear this and pause. And what what I want more than anything else, we'll talk about the activity next week, right? But what I hope happens today is we just get rooted in identity. How do you become a child of God? How do we know fully that we're children of God? If you can believe, if you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And allow this prayer and believe in your heart that Jesus died and he proved he was God because he raised him from the dead. Those two things, those two things. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart in the resurrection. What does God do? He makes you his children. So the band's gonna come up. And we're gonna sing a song together. And the reason we're singing the song is it gives us the opportunity to confess with our mouth that God is mighty to save, that everyone, including us, needs compassion. Right? So we're gonna we're gonna just let these words, like these words, we're gonna give you the words that you can confess with your mouth. So a lot of times I go, hey, just sit and kind of process. But today I don't want you to sit and process. I want you to respond. I want you to speak about this would you start speaking this truth in your own life and start declaring what god came to do in and through you so all today all about identity you got it I need you to come back next week because we're gonna get going on the activity piece next week got it got it we're gonna see what jesus does in speaking and what he declares and what makes it available to us so for just a second i just want you to sing these words with me so i'm gonna pray for some courage for all of us and then the band's gonna lead us and we'll wrap up jesus we heard your message would you help us Lord to think about this process this and then believe it God we believe in our heart that you died for us all grace all gift and you invited us into your life invite us into your family that we believe it with our heart that you were raised from the dead and you are exalted and sitting on your throne ruling and reigning and watching over us and we, God, confess these words with our mouth. And God, will we be rooted and confident in our identity in you in these moments. And so, God, would you hear this confession out loud out of our mouths as we sing this and declare this. and I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me if you're in here as we sing?
1: I am just so thankful um, that all of us were able to be here to worship today, and I wanted to leave you with a reading from 1 Peter 2 nine. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So go and be that light, shine that light this week. We hope you have a good week, and we look forward to seeing you next Sunday.